Hello, Husky Nation. Welcome to Dog Thoughts Radio with Tyson Allenbaugh, Kayla Olin, and Mike Martin. An insider look at Husky football with game analysis, recruiting updates, players and coaches interviews, player profiles and information that you will only hear on Dog Thoughts, including Husky legends. All you'll see is purple. And now... Your host, Tyson Allenbaugh. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to Dog Thoughts. I'm Tyson Allenbaugh, and uh, after a little time off, we're back. Husky football is back. The 5-3 and three Dogs host uh, the Utah Utes this Saturday at Husky Stadium. A 1 o'clock kickoff, and here to get us up to speed and kind of take a look back at the first eight games of the season is our man from Dub Life, uh, Jeff Wright. Jeff, thanks for coming on as usual, man. How you doing, Tyson? Well, I, I needed that break, I think, as much as the Huskies did. And <laughs> before we get into uh, uh, Utah and, and the challenges they present, and they do present challenges, um, let's talk a little bit about the first eight games of the season. And just from your perspective, covering the team, kind of what's your 50,000-foot view uh, of the season so far? And, and um, feel free to interject, you know, go any which way direction you want. I guess I'm just broadly asking – what have you thought of the season so far? I think uh, so far, Tyson, the Huskies have been really inconsistent. They've been up one week and then down the next. And just when you think you have a grip on what the Huskies are this season, then they come back and, and lose a game. And so I really don't know who the Huskies are at this point. Um, you know, on defense, they obviously have had to replace nine starters. And so they're young on that side of the ball. And then when you go to the offense, you know, there's been inconsistent play calling. And at the same time, the wide receivers position um, has played very average. There's been a lot of drops and they haven't made a lot of big plays. So I think all of those things have played into the five and three record that we have right now. Yeah. And I sort of was thinking about it today that if I had to put a grade on it and I'm just doing without expectations, right? Because expectations yeah. are raised, but I, I just I'm just looking at it as if. A complete blank slate. The last handful of years haven't happened. This team has probably been about just metrics-wise, advanced stats, how they've played, all of it. Kind of a B or B-minus on the season so far, right? Um, obviously, there's been some, you know, they, they've played at a pretty high level. They've also just had some real clunkers. Obviously, the Stanford one yeah. it, it, it stands out specifically in that regard. And that inconsistency that you're talking about, that's why, you know, any, anybody who's ever been a student, which I think both of us have, you know, that's, yeah. how, you be, or that's how you're, if you're a B or B minus student is some, some classes you get A's, some classes you get C's. And that's sort of, uh, to kind of keep torturing this analogy or metaphor, that's sort of what the seasons felt like where, man, you, man, they've really, they're really kicking butt today. And then, or even series to series or play to play, whatever it may be, but they just haven't really seemed to put it all together aside from, you know, maybe the BYU game is probably the best performance of the season. I, I, I mean, to this point. Yeah, BYU um, for sure. Well, obviously they looked good against Eastern Washington, but Eastern Washington, the quality of, of opponent is not the same as BYU. I think offensively, you know, they can build off some things. They look pretty good uh, offensively for the most part against Oregon. So that was a, a positive step in the right direction. But Going back to that analogy of B or B minus, you know, for me personally, I kind of have them at a C plus because, you know, stats wise, yeah, maybe a B minus, but the inability to finish close games um, like the Cal game, 
the Oregon game. I mean, the Cal game was the defense not being able to, you know, stop them from driving down the field at the end and getting in the field goal range. So that was on the defense. But Oregon, that was on the offense because, you know, at some point, sooner or later, the offense is going to have to drive down the field, Tyson, and win a game for, for this team. And in years past, they've kind of relied on the defense to bail them out all the time. But this year's team, the defense, it's they just don't have that that ability to just bail out the team like in years past because it's a young defense. Yeah, well, and that – and. That's sort of been I, – I'll be frank, you know, I, I sort of – I agree and disagree because I should think that 31 points should be enough to win a college football game. But I also yeah. understand, though, that they – in the fourth quarter, they, they didn't they, – they, 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 they didn't perform. So, so I, I can't disagree with you there because in the fourth quarter, the first three quarters of that Oregon game, that was the offense that everybody's been wanting to see, right? That was the production yep. against the best defense – if not in the conference, one of the best defenses in the entire country, and they they came to play. And unfortunately, like you said, though, they didn't get it done when it mattered. And that's why with expectations, yeah, a C-plus is probably right. But the fact of the matter is the way they perform, like I said, yards, points, points, all that stuff, they're a top 25-ish team. And that's, <clears throat> you know, um, that, that's nothing to sneeze at, you know, because there's 130 in freaking college football. The problem is, and the issue is, winning conferences – is what matters around here. So um, they, we still have to reckon with that. There's still a lot of football to be played. There's still a quarter of the or a third of the season left, which is kind of hard yeah. to believe considering it, uh, the season started in August. So uh, obviously we mentioned the dogs welcome the number nine, seven and one Utah Utes. Their only loss this season, Utah, is to USC, but that was, God, what feels like a million years ago. In fact, I think it was the week before the Huskies beat the Trojans at Husky Stadium, but Utah has been on a freaking roll this week, but uh, um, what did the players? What were the, I guess? What was what did they do during the bye week? Were they able to take a kind of chance, get a chance to kind of reflect on the season themselves, and then prepare for Utah, or has it been two straight weeks of hey, this is a top ten team coming to Husky Stadium? Well, in speaking with you know defensive lineman Levi Amuzarike, you know he specifically laid out three things that they focused on and. Those three things were fundamentals, relaxing, and getting their bodies right, is what he said. And then I also spoke with defensive back Elijah Molden, and he said that they were able to take the next step with cleaning up details and and things that sometimes you forget as a player. And so he said it was all about getting back to fundamentals um, for the entire bye week. And then defensive back Miles Bryant said that, you know, he was able to relax, but the most important thing he was able to do was he was, he went back and watched every single game that they had played all season. And he wanted to look at the mistakes that were made and then work on how do we fix those going forward. And uh, Utah's offense had a great performance against Cal. Cal is absolutely reeling starting four and and going now losing their last four the, yep. the 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 use blanked. I think it was thirty five nothing against the Golden Bears. Now it yep. was uh, it, uh, again. Cal is absolutely just dreadful on offense again um, due to injuries. But I mean, still this offense kind of runs through Zach Moss. But Tyler Huntley isn't so bad. They got some playmakers on the outside. Let, let's eliminate Zach Moss from the conversation. What about the rest of the offense? Uh, what kind of challenges do those Utah Utes present? Um, I was talking to Molden again, and, and he said, you know they have an athletic quarterback and a real explosive running game. 
you know, obviously which features Zach Moss, but he said the most important thing that the team has to do this weekend is they have to tackle a lot better than they have recently. And then he said that they need to find a way to contain Tyler Huntley and take away his first option. And then talking to Amu Zarike, you know, he said watching film of Utah over the bye week, he says they just constantly want to pound the rock and they just want to come at you uh, with that power running game. And he said that, you know, what they need to do is make sure that Huntley doesn't get to the edge. And so that's going to be the job of the outside linebackers to make sure he doesn't break contain out that way. And then lastly, talking to linebacker Ariel Nada, he said that, you know, what stands out to him is the physicality that Utah plays with, especially in their power running game. Yeah, we'll talk about the physicality in a moment because it's uh, it's on both sides of the ball. But Zach Moss, I'm sure his name has gotten yeah. brought up a couple times. I think he's now the Utah's all-time leading rusher. Feels like he's been there forever. It feels like they have a little bit of that Washington thing, too, where, you know, it was Chris Polk and then it was Bishop Sankey and then it was uh, Miles Gaskin. And uh, and it's kind of same thing for them. It was Devontae Booker. Uh, I'm blanking on uh, Joe Williams. Now it's uh, uh, Mr. Zach Moss. I mean, they've had a stable. Moss might be the best out of all of them. Yeah, he's really good. And then, you know, I was talking to defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake, and, you know, he emphatically said that, you know, there's no secrets. He said job number one for the defense this week is to stop Zach Moss. He says that's where it starts for, for the defense. And, um you know, Molden said that Zach Moss is, you know, he's an outstanding player. And again, that they need to not only tackle him, but they need to aim low when they tackle him because he's good with his legs and, and yards after contact. And so it's going to require like, you know, all 11 players to fly around the football. And then, you know, talking to Amu Zarike again, he said that Moss is, is so talented that, you know, it all starts, the physicality and, and mindset of Utah all starts with Zach Moss and, and how powerful of a runner he is in the team. The offense feeds off of that, so they need to literally take him out of the equation, but that's easier to said than done. Yeah, and, you know, it, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, nine times out of ten uh, for a lot of teams, uh, uh, I'm going to say, hey, you got to stop the pass first, right? Because, you know, uh, it, it, that's what Oregon did was they made all their big plays. Those were in the passing game, you know, they, and, and, and I'd say against a lot of the elite teams, if you don't stop the pass, you're, it, it's a four letter word and it starts with F or a six letter word and it starts with F. But <laughs> yeah. Utah, uh, Huntley only threw the ball 17 times last week, 17 yeah. times, which is in, in this day and age, you know, I granted it was a blowout a little bit, but that's I think more part that's that's Utah style. That's more par for the course for them. And this is definitely one of those weeks where I go and one of those opponents where I go, I honestly I, I will dare them to pass. Even though our DBs are young, are inconsistent, the backers have not been great in coverage. We have to take our UW has to take their chances this week and just say, uh, F it and just and just pray <laughs> that I, I mean seriously though, yeah. I, I, I I I want Huntley you know, you talk about getting him off his first read. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If he has to scramble drill and make some big plays that way, I'm just going to tip my cap if I'm the Huskies and I'm the Husky defensive coaches. And I think in the past, Tyson, that's kind of been the game plan. The game plan has been, you know, let Utah's quarterbacks have to throw the ball down the field. And I think, the, you know, to your point, though, the only difference this year is this is about as 
best as I've seen Tyler Huntley throw the ball Correct. in his career. Yes. And he's much improved this year. So that is actually more of a, a threat this year than in years past. So they will have to watch out for that too. Yeah, and it seemed they seem to be in a rhythm as well, which Coach Peterson always talks yep. about offense, momentum, y'all that whatever all those platitudes. It does feel like Utah's has a ton of confidence. And also they have a, a, a sour taste in their mouth because UW has pulled the rabbit out of their hat seemingly, what, in 16 and in 17, and then last year kicked their butt in, in the first game of the season. And then obviously it was only a pick six in the Pac-12 championship. So I know there's some, there's some uh, sour attitudes towards the purple and gold down in Salt Lake City. But physicality-wise, whether it's the offensive line, or the defensive line, Utah – I mean, I don't know if they are more physical than Oregon. They sure they sure hang their hat on that. I mean, I know Oregon does too, but, man, it, it feels a little bit different when you when you watch Utah play than it does the Ducks. And that's not me trying to be a Husky yeah. homer. It's just, it feels, it's just, I guess, kind of always felt that way. They, they I don't know, they, they thump a little bit more than maybe Oregon does. I think Oregon has a little yeah. bit more speed where it feels like Utah looks, I mean, they look big this year, just big and physical. Well, I think that all starts with the mindset of, of their head coach. Um, you know, Winningham, you know, he's an ex-defensive player himself. And so, you know, every year that he's been there, he's, they've always had, you know, real physical defenses. And funny thing, Tyson, is I was talking to running backs coach uh, Keith Bonifa today, and I asked him, I said, how important is it going to be for you guys to match Utah's physicality? And he was kind of, you know, offended by the question because he's like, well, it sounds like you guys think that we're not a physical team. So they're a little bit edgy about that whole physicality <laughs> thing because I think that dates back to, you know, how the Huskies got out physical down at Stanford. I mean, that was pretty evident. So, yeah, I, I, completely. And and also just it doesn't feel like it, it particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but also on the offensive side of the ball, it's been like when you need one yard, I mean, you could blame that on the wildcat formation. You could yeah. blame on the offensive, whatever it may be. It seems like when it's time to, and I can't believe I'm going to say this because I sound like a just a complete <laughs> dork, when it's time to nut up, right? You yeah. know, it yep. doesn't feel like no, the have been, have been able to do it this year. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not, whereas it felt like, you know, in, in 2016, 17, and 18, it felt like when they lost, it was sort of like a, a, a comical, like errors, right? Just complete errors. It didn't feel like there wasn't uh, that they were getting either outplayed necessarily, or uh, that's not true. But you understand, you understand what I'm getting at. There, I know right? what you mean. Yeah, yeah, like it felt this year. It feels like they just there's there's just a, a certain lack of oomph, and that has to do. You know what that probably has to do with Jeff? There's 45. What 45? Uh, freshman, first or second year players on this team, and, yeah. I do, and it's not meant to be an excuse, but that's where, as I look, and I meant to bring this up earlier, I think more about this season. I think this team is more talented than the 2015 edition. I think by far, I think that goes without mm-hmm. saying. But there's a lot of similarities between that 2015 team and this team as well. Um, in that, just inconsistent, some really big moments, some really just shaking your head moments, and. Yep. And a lot of talent that's that's really young and unfortunately has to take their lumps. And that's sort of what this feels like. And unfortunately, you know, if they don't blow the Stanford or the Cal game or, um, you know, if you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but let's just say they lose maybe only one of those games, they're still yep. sort of in the hunt for the Pac-12 North. But it, yep. that the way it goes is, hey, you got to show up. You got to show up every game in this in Power 5 football, and they, they just haven't. 
Yeah, and the Huskies have a bullseye on their back, you know, this year, Tyson, because, you know, they won the Pac-12 last year, and they've been kind of the cream of the crop the last few years, so everybody's gunning for the Huskies. Yeah, and, and the North, and I'm sure teams in the North are kind of, you know, the Huskies have owned the South. That's another thing, too, that where, yep. you know, the, the in the North, it's actually kind of funny. Their record is, since Peterson got here, is like 17-12 and 12 or 17-11, and 11, something like that, um, against the North. It, but against the South, it's... It's it's like seventeen and nine, you know. But it, those couple yeah. extra losses, though, are or the whole or actually what it was is he hasn't lost in a, a game to a South opponent since I think I counted this by hand. So bear with me here since two thousand sixteen. So there you wow. go. Think about that. So well, he's lost nine times, I think, to South opponents, but it hasn't. It's been three years. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of Peterson Tyson, you know, one stat that sticks out this week um, that's good for the Huskies is Peterson's five and zero. Oh, as the coach of the Huskies after bye weeks. Yep, 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 yep. So that's a big deal. I mean, so that tells you that the coaching staff, you know, really gets after it during the bye week and kind of refines what they've been doing, what hasn't been working. And, you know, having two weeks to game plan for a top 10 team is a big deal. It, it certainly can't hurt, right? It certainly right. can't hurt. And, um, and finally, before uh, we wrap things up here, momentum-wise, offensively, like, you know, I, I know uh, – uh, the or the Oregon game didn't go the way the Huskies wanted, but clearly that was the best performance. It well, maybe I guess you could argue Wazoo had just as good a performance the next week, but until that point, that was as good a performance as any team had played on the Ducks. Um, definitely, certainly up there with Auburn, and certainly be- the best in the Pac-12. About carrying some of that momentum, that rhythm. There's been a bye week, unfortunately, but I- I'd have to say, you know, there was. I think there were some things to build on. Um, even if, you know, we're we're basically playing, uh, you know, Marquis Spikers catching his first pass of the season. <laughs> Terrell Bynum's only making his yeah. eighth catch, and Jordan Chin's making. I mean, there's there's sort of a ragtag bunch at wide receiver, but I think there just felt like a little bit more confidence in the passing game, specifically at leaving uh, Husky Stadium that day. At least in my mind. Yeah, you know, as far as carrying that momentum over Tyson, you know, Terrell Bynum said that. Yeah, totally. He said that. You know, he felt that they played their best game offensively against Oregon, that that was their best performance of the year. And then um, he's Jordan Chin said that, you know, they felt that they executed at a high level in the Oregon game. And so if they were able to do that a couple weeks ago and then with the bye week practice that there's no reason they can't be even better this week against Utah. And then, you know, talking with Bush Hamden, you know, he said that they can feed off that success they had against Oregon by, you know, continuing their success in the running game. But the one thing he really pointed to in that Oregon game was is that they really had success with the explosive plays down the field. Like they had some big touchdowns um, and things. So he said that if they can do that again this week, then they can carry that momentum over. And then, you know, I asked that same question to Coach Bonifa again, and, um, you know, he was a little saucy today. And, and he <laughs> said that that was he said that was kind of an interesting question. But he, he says, well, we try to be detail oriented and physical and guys need to do their jobs every single week. So it's not well, so then much. Why about, don't they do it, coach? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> yeah, he must. Have, I wonder what was going on. Maybe maybe he got his, you know, you know I always wonder what happens in those meetings because like. Like, yeah, uh, it, it, it's uh, it, or something or what happened during practice. Maybe some guys were dropping the ball. Who knows? Or um, but at, at any rate, oh, there's another thing about the Oregon game. Cam Davis getting his first carry. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, like this is the time. But this is how this season has sort of gone. I mean, this is they, they don't have. That's another reason where it reminds me of 15 is like there's just 
there's just like there's nobody and that's not to say these guys aren't good it's just that like I mean they are really at a point whether it's injuries lack of uh, you know the upperclassmen not not playing well enough whatever it may be there's they're just relying on a, on a lot of guys to play in big moments in big games and it's it and it's shown I just think it's really shown yeah they're patching holes everywhere this, this season it seems like for sure well um before I let you go any final thoughts yeah, Tyson. Um, you know, talking with Husky fans last couple of weeks, um, I think the biggest topic that's come up and it's been a topic of disappointment has been the Huskies using the Wildcat on offense. And, you know, Peterson himself over the last couple of weeks has, you know, defended the decision that, hey, we've had great success with it this year. And so that's why we keep running it. But, you know, I think a huge factor in losing that Oregon game was, you know, the inability to convert on the Wildcat and especially in, on critical plays. And, you know, running back Richard Newton has been injured the last few weeks and, you know, he's literally the best option to to run the Wildcat. And so with him out, you know, the Huskies went to fourth string running back Kamari Pleasant last game and and the difference between Newton and, and Pleasant and other people, other running backs on the roster is – you know, Richard Newton runs that wildcat play with precision. You know, he, he runs it real precise, and, and he hits the the hole hard, and so he does it differently than anybody else. And so, you know, when the when the Huskies get down to, like, third and two, you know, a crucial play or, you know, fourth down, fourth and short, you know, I'd like to see them leave Eason in and, and let him throw the ball on a quick slant or, or a screen or do something to get that yardage or – you know, Savon had a great game, and he was getting good chunk yardage. And so I'd rather see them keep Eason under center and try to trust those guys to get that yardage and, and then wait till Newton comes back, if he's even going to come back at all, and then reestablish the Wildcat if that's what you want to do. But I'd rather trust those other guys to get that yard. I, I, an old an adage that I've heard that I love is like, don't do what your opponent would want you to do. If I'm Oregon yeah. or I'm any team in the Pac-12 and you take Eason out from under center, I say thank you. Thank God. Yep. Perfect. Yes, that's exactly what I want. And every time I see that Wildcat, and although, like you said, I do agree, Richard has been successful enough to where I at least I may not like it. I at least go, okay, I can understand the thought process. The fact that they did that with Kamari was reprehensible, and and, yeah. and it's and it's putting Kamari in a crappy position because, like you mentioned, the precision, the timing, it's it's such an execution based play to begin with. The fact it that is. you're putting a guy there, I don't give a. There's no way he's been getting enough reps to where that is a meaningful. Yeah, I, I just I just thought that was just uh, that was just absolutely that's overthinking it in a classic, or maybe I don't even know if that's overthinking it, but it's it it it, it just felt it feels cute. And that and that's sort of been, I think, a, a problem. I think with a lot of, especially hardcore Husky fans that are going, the yep. offense is just the solutions have always felt too cute. And it's like just run the damn ball, like or like you said, yeah. throw a slant or go for it on fourth down. You know, call right. up different. Anyways, I'm I'm rambling now. And but. I think yeah, and then I also think too that other teams have seen this on film now, and so when they line up in the wildcat, they know what's coming. They they. They know exactly every time when they line up exactly what's coming. And so it's too predictable at this point. And so, you know, they got to do something differently and just just trust Eason. I mean, you brought him here for a reason. Let him do his thing. Yeah, that, and, that's, and that's a big thing. But, you know, offensive coordinators, you know, uh, don't get hired for running the same play 100 times in a row. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or like, and, and that's sort of what's felt like kind of plagued uh, some of – 
Maybe not, but I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about the <laughs> offensive coordinator position at a later date. But anyways, Jeff, thank you as always, man. Hey, plug your stuff. All right. So our website is dublife.net, and you can give us a follow on Twitter at jdub2379. And we also have a Facebook page. You can look us up there. And if you're also scrolling through our website and you see some Fanatics ads, uh, if you buy something from one of those ads, then we get a commission off of that. So it helps support our website. So thanks for your support. Awesome, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week, man. Talk to you. See you later, Tyson. Go Go dogs. That was Jeff Wright from Dub Life. Uh, Always a fan of my man Jeff coming on the show. He's at Montlake every single week. Now the basketball season has uh, is basically underway here. He is going to be pulling double duty, and we greatly appreciate him for that and all his insight. Now it's time for my prediction, and, you know, the UW, UW has had a ton of success uh, against Utah uh, uh, since Chris Peterson got here. I think 4-1, and one, and that's a win at 16, 17, and then twice in 2018. And I think the the big consistency or the theme, the theme line, the through line against Utah, and really a lot of reason for UW's success is obviously their ability to stop other teams from passing the ball, not only, you know, efficiently, sometimes borderline, you know, just poorly, just really, really poorly. And that is something where Utah has always seemed to struggle with. That's always kind of been their bugaboo is they – were good on defense, could run the ball, you know, pretty effectively, sometimes at a very high level, but they just couldn't throw well enough to win. And in this day and age, no matter what anybody tells you, you have to be able to throw the ball, not just efficiently, but explosively. And Utah has never been able to do that on a consistent week-by-week, game-by-game basis. And this year, it seems to be a little bit different. Utah seems to be able to at least get the explosive part, right? They're still not a high-volume passing team. Um, Zach Moss, they're going to lean on him a ton. And uh, as I discussed with Jeff, you know, this is this is one of the few teams where, you know, truly stopping the run, is, is, you're able to neuter them because they're unable to, you know, you, you can have, you, you're not worried about them beating you through the air on a consistent basis. And usually it's kind of the other way around. If you stop teams through beating them through the air most teams if you if they can if they can't throw the ball on you let them you know you'll you're almost inviting them to run the ball down the field because you have good enough players to be able to stop that you can you can stop the run anyways i'm digressing that's what worries me not only is utah coming in with a ton of momentum a ton of confidence whether you believe in momentum is neither here nor there at least at the college level i sort of do you know i feel like Maybe momentum and confidence are one and the same, and maybe I'm sort of using them interchangeably, but they they have been playing at a really, really high level, and now is their opportunity to kind of, you know, make this season special, really, really special. So um, with that in mind, my heart says Utah, my mind says Utah. I got to go with my mind on this, and it's going to be a lower-scoring affair. I think it's 27-24. Utah, um, just UW is just not consistent enough offensively or defensively um, to to win the game, to 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 win when it when it matters most. So, anyways, all right, we'll be back after the Utah game. Thank you for listening. As always, remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And uh, until next time, for Jeff Wright, I'm Tyson Allenbach. Go dogs. The proceeding was a Howling Husky production.